Amen. Blessed people, I know that I'm coming to you right at the point at which your Sunday service is supposed to have started. And uh, I thought this would be a very opportune time and optimal, ample time to be able to reach you very briefly before you go into your major, major services. Those of you that are on this other side of the GMT, of the, the clock, I know that in Australia probably the services have uh, ended. Those of South Korea, six hours ahead of us, and uh, many other nations down there, Malaysia, Japan, China, Probably I'm coming to you at a later time after your Sunday services. But in the United States and the Western Hemisphere, probably you are still in the last bits of your night, coming into dawn and so forth. But I thought this is a very, very opportune time to come to you, beloved people, blessed people. First of all, to bless you, to bring you the mighty blessings of the Lord Jehovah Elion. Jehovah, the Lord Most High, Jehovah El Olam, the everlasting God of Israel, the God of heaven, the one that created all the universe and the galaxies and all the planets, the bigger ones, the humongous ones, the smaller ones, the suns and the stars, one that holds the nation, holds them in place, keeps the nations held in place all the time, keeps the planet in their orbits and he holds them that they may not drift away into darkness or some zones that are too cold to you in the, on the earth may perish. I am talking about the everlasting God whose mercies endure forever. I thought I should first bring you the blessings of the Lord and to announce to you that this is an awesome time in which to be a Christian. This is a very, very powerful time in the house of the Lord. And at this hour in the house of the Lord, the Lord is visiting the church. He's visiting the church in the most astounding way, in the most shocking manner. And I want to be real quick with uh, the, the message I want to bring to you, beloved, uh, beloved people, blessed people. So I know you are in the mood to jump into your services and uh, get the momentum going. But uh, at this time, we are seeing that heaven has remembered the church. Heaven has remembered the earth. That's why there's this tremendous conversation, the holy conversation between heaven, the throne of God Almighty, and the church. And the Lord is trumpeting righteousness and holiness, the need for repentance to be at the center of the Christian worship experience, that all of you may inherit the glorious kingdom of Yahweh, the glorious kingdom of God. And with so much to say, I'll cut everything short. Mine is to bless you wherever you are seated, in your churches, in your homes, the other side that have finished Sunday services, and in your home, the other side, Western Hemisphere, that is still in the dark, in the dawn, preparing to receive the morning, and also this part of the world that is now in the daytime, in the morning. Mine is to bless you in the mighty name of Jesus, and to let you know this is an awesome time in which to be born again, number one. Number two, to hearken unto righteousness. Again, what I was saying is that the Bible does celebrate the generals of faith. And you can literally enumerate them. You can enlist them. And the Bible says that they believed thou 
they believe their sin realm as though it was the sin realm. And for that matter, God himself was not shy to take their name as his surname. Again, if you look at Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, then you now see that God, out of their faith, the fact that they believed the general faith, believed the unseen realm, believed in the glorious kingdom of God, and so they lived such an astounding life that the Lord himself accepted to take their name as his surname. And so he became the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of Moses, the God of Elijah. He, he took their name and then he made their name, his surname, eternally. Now God is known by their name. And that is because they believed their sin as though it were. And then now, come your generation, blessed people. I'm just trying to underscore how blessed you are. How awesome it is to be a Christian today. A Christ follower. A believer. For you now, when it comes to believing the eternal glorious kingdom of God, the unseen realm, now the Lord has lowered the glorious stairs in the sky. Now you can believe that which you see. You can see the stairs in the sky now. And he has really changed the paradigm, beloved people, for your sake. And that's why I'm saying it's a blessed time to be born again. Because now you can believe that which you are seeing. You are seeing the glorious stairs of heaven. And now you can believe, say, I am going to heaven. I am determined and resolved. I will enter the glorious kingdom of Yahweh. And so that is where I really want to begin from. And again, I bless you wherever you are all over the world. I know so many are tuned in. I bless you in Europe, in the United States of America, all over the nations of the earth, Asia, Africa, everywhere. Whoever is tuned in and all the churches, all the believers, those that are hearkening and preparing for the glorious kingdom of Yahweh. Now, I want to share on a very simple thing before I release you to go back to your Sunday services or to go back to your programs in your home, for those who have already finished Sunday, I want to share a very simple but very important thing that the Lord has spoken. He spoke it quite some time back, and I want to bring it to light and back to life. The Lord visited with me, the Lord Jehovah Yahweh, God the Father, He visited with me some time back. And He spoke a very, a very important prophecy that I gave to you, and I want to bring it back. And that prophecy is yet to be fulfilled. God the Father, he showed me the coming of the Messiah. And when he did show me the coming of the Messiah, the reason for which each one of you is seated in your churches. Right now you are seated in your churches. Why? Because you want to evade death and eternal hell. You want to enter into eternal glory and see your God, your creator, your father face to face. And so God the Father spoke with me about that very important prophecy event that is going to take place soon. And I saw the coming of the Messiah. And as the Messiah was coming, the voice of God the Father spoke aloud. And he said, Melchizedek's day is known as the day of light. Again, Melchizedek's day is known as the day of light. And it's amazing because 
as he spoke, I also saw the hand of God the Father typing those words. So he typed those words as he spoke. So I read, I heard and read at the same time. And the Lord did it such that there was a synchrony between hearing of his voice, my hearing of his voice, and my reading it across the typing. And he, he typed it in capital letters. Melchizedek's day is known as the day of light. So I really want to explain a little bit on Melchizedek today, just very briefly, and then release you into your Sunday services, if you so will, if you allow me, blessed people. Now, Melchizedek in the Bible is very enigmatic. Melchizedek is very, um, the, 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 the motifs, the motifs of Scripture go silent when it comes to Melchizedek. And I've shared severally that on one occasion I encountered him. And it's, it's a very important part of scripture that really, really a mature church ought to know. Because he's sitting at the very center, at the living center of the event and prophecy about to be fulfilled on the coming of the Messiah. So who then is Melchizedek? Because the prophecy I spoke when I said the Messiah is coming. And the Lord God the Father has already said that Melchizedek's day is known as the day of light. What an awesome statement. What a navigator for a generation. Meaning you can literally understand what the Lord is saying about the generation, the people, the elect, his people, God's people, his children that will enter into the eternity of safety and peace and bliss and worship, and eternal celebration of uh, life, eternal life, everlasting life, while the rest will be in hell, you'll be celebrating in heaven. You can literally tell what the benchmark of heaven will be. You say, Melchizedek's day is known as the day of life. But let me explore with you just a little bit on Melchizedek. Who is Melchizedek, blessed people? Melchizedek appears in the Bible quite a few times, as we'll see very shortly, but the first time the Lord brings him up in the book of Genesis chapter 14. And he says from verse 17, After Abram returned from defeating Kedolamur, and the kings allied with him, the king of Sodom came out to meet him in the valley of Shaveh, which is the valley of the king, the king's valley. Then verse 18 says, Then Melchizedek, King of Salem, King of Salem, brought out bread and wine. If I were you, I would underline the bread and wine because they're very symbolic. You could see that this was by design. Brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High, and he blessed Abraham, saying, so he gave Abraham bread and wine, which are very symbolic. And then he was priest of God Most High. Jehovah Elion, God Most High in Hebrew, Elion, Elion, Elion. He says, he was priest of God Most High, and he blessed Abraham, saying, Blessed be Abraham by God Most High. So you see that. He's blessing Abraham, he's blessing Abraham by the name of God Most High, Elion. At what time is he doing this? I'll explain to you in a moment. And then he says, bless again, blessed be Abraham, by God most high, Jehovah Elion, creator of heaven and earth. 
and blessed be God most high, Jehovah Elion again, who delivered your enemies into your hands. Meaning he's telling Abraham that look, the victory you've just called is essentially Jehovah that has called victory against the enemies of God. And to cut the long story short, there are kings that allied themselves, they formed the confederacy of evil, and they attacked Lot. And so Abraham really came out to rescue Lot. That was the mission Abraham was. Abraham went to rescue Lot, and he engaged all those kings, and the Lord delivered those kings into his hands, and he defeated them. At what time is Abraham, is, 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 is Abraham receiving this guest? At what time is Melchizedek coming to Abraham? When you look back to the book of Genesis chapter 1, beloved people, verse 26 and 27, 8, 26, 27, 28, he says, God said, let us make man in our image. And God said, again, verse 26 on, then God said, let us make man in our image and likeness. And let them, of course, have jurisdiction, the authority to rule over all creation, as he says. And then verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he, male and female. Image and likeness of God, beloved people. But when you move now to the book of Genesis chapter 5 verse 3, then it says, When Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son in his own likeness and his own image and named him Seth. Now you see, the original blueprint of creation of man, of the church, was that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they had a conversation, they had a deliberation, a great consideration before they create man. You can see that all the other creatures were created by the command, by the command. But when coming to the creation of man, there was a big discourse, a big discussion, a big consideration, a big conversation regarding the creation of man. How to create him, his design. What should he look like? Whom should he look after? Should he be like? By design. And they created man. The trinity of God, the Godhead, created man in the image and likeness of God. And then when Adam fell, now I see here in Genesis 5 verse 3 that Adam lived 130 years and he had a son in his own image and likeness. That is now when Adam, mankind, fallen man, began now to have generations after the fall, generations giving out children, giving out generations of the image and likeness of man, not God. The whole world was in this situation, blessed people. The entire earth was caught up in the image and likeness of sin, of fallen men, of apostasy, of disobedience. The image and likeness of the dark world, darkness. Genesis 5.3 is very central to describe to you the kind of darkness that pervaded, that consumed the earth. It was within that situation when every person, until now, you find people who are born, they are born in the image and likeness of sin. And that's why the Messiah was, 
It was necessary for him to come. I want to come to Melchizedek. Why he come? But he comes in the backdrop of that kind of fall and sin. When mankind is now in the image and likeness of man, not of God anymore, of the fall, of sin. That is the background with which, within which now Melchizedek appears, beloved people. And when he appears, he removes bread and wine, which are very symbolic, and he blesses Abraham. First of all, Amalek stands for king, I've told you in Hebrew, king, the king of Zedek, righteousness, the king of righteousness. He was the king of Salem, the king of Jerusalem. Who then is Melchizedek? Because the, the Lord says, he says by voice, Melchizedek's day that is coming. He says, Melchizedek's day is known as the day of light. That is the day for which you are in church today, preparing in earnest, preparing all the time, minute after minute, day after day. Nobody knows the day or the hour. So the king of righteousness, the king of peace, the king of Jerusalem, we see that Melchizedek is holding two offices when he appears with the bread and wine. And the bread seems to be symbolic. All these are symbolic of events to come. And the wine, and then he blesses Abraham. And he blesses Abraham in the name of Jehovah Elion at a time when there is a fall. At a time when there is so much darkness, when the whole world has gone haywire with sin. And then now, he blesses Abraham in the name of Jehovah, the Lord Most High, Jehovah Elion. Then who is this Melchizedek? When there is such tremendous darkness, he appears and blesses Abraham in the name of Elion, in the name of the Lord Most High. But we also see that the Bible says very clearly here that he was the priest of Elion. He was the priest of God Most High. But you see that he is holding two offices here. Melchizedek is in two offices. He comes wearing two hats. He wears the priestly hat and the kingly hat. He is both king and priest. And yet we know very well, under the law of the Torah, under the law that was received on Mount Sinai, under the law of Moses, that only the descendants of Aaron became priests to minister before Jehovah. So who is this Melchizedek then? And he says, Melchizedek is both priest and king, but we know very well that later, under the leadership of Moses and the covenant on Mount Sinai, only the descendants of Aaron became priests and stood before the Lord and ministered. So who then is this Melchizedek, whose day we are preparing for today? And in understanding Melchizedek, probably we'll understand better how to prepare for that day of light. And yet we know very well that this Melchizedek actually come many, many generations, many years before Aaron appears. And if you look at the New Testament, he is placed within the lineage of David. 
king of righteousness, the king of Jerusalem, and the priest of Elion, the priest of God Most High, your creator, the Father. Who is this priest of God Most High right before the world is redeemed when there is absolute darkness? And Genesis 5, 3 says, even the people being given birth to, the children being produced, those generations coming up at that time are all in the image of sin, the image of the fall, the image of darkness. The king and priest, Melchizedek, who is this Melchizedek then? Because the prophecy that we are operating now on says Melchizedek's day is known as the day of life. But you see very clearly that in the book of Psalms, Psalms 110, Psalms 110, and I'll really, I'll run very quick for you, beloved people, that you may not be late for your services. He says the following, The Lord has sworn, and he will not change his mind, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. We all know that the 110th Psalm is the messianic psalm when the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of prophecy from Jehovah Yahweh was speaking about the Messiah. Even Psalm 22, but in this case Psalm 110. If you read verse 1, you see he already talks about the exaltation and the ascension of the Messiah. Because he says, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. He's addressing the Messiah. He's saying, upon defeating the kings of this world, upon defeating the king of this world, the devil, the Messiah ascends and sits on the right hand side of the Father. So could it be true that what Melchizedek was doing in Genesis chapter 14 was a prediction was a precursor, a foretelling, a prophecy of what was about to happen when the Messiah would defeat the king of this world. And he says that the bread and the wine would be the centerpiece of the mission of the Messiah on the earth. And so, you see, the spirit of prophecy, the spirit of the Lord, speaking in Psalm 110, verse 4, and is already predicting the Messiah how the Messiah will defeat the enemy and put the enemy down under his feet. But I bring it up, why? Because that is yet another place where he celebrates Melchizedek. He says, when the Messiah comes and he defeats his enemies, the Messiah will be exalted and will be crowned both king and priest, but priest in the order of Melchizedek forever. This Melchizedek then is very superior. He's so superior that now, even the priesthood of the Messiah has to follow that order, that line, that design, that cadre, that pedigree, that rank. And in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 6, and there are so many scriptures, I won't read them all, but Hebrews chapter 5, 6 to 10, he again talks about, talks about this Melchizedek. And he says, again, Hebrews chapter 5, 6 to 10, he says the following. And he says in another place, I can start from verse 4, Hebrews chapter 5, he says, No one takes his honor 
Again, no one takes dishonor upon himself. He must be called by God, just as Aaron was. So Christ also did not take upon himself the glory of becoming a high priest. But God said to him, You are my son. Today I have become your father. And he says in another place, verse 6, You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek, according to the throne of God. During the days of Jesus, Jesus' life on the earth, he offered up prayers and petition with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. So he's talking about the priesthood of Melchizedek, the priesthood of Christ, and he says, in the order of Melchizedek forever, the voice of God the Father, the same voice that spoke to Christ about his priesthood being in the order of Melchizedek forever, spoke to me the prophecy I gave you. The same voice said, the day of Melchizedek is known as the day of life. And we see very clearly, blessed people, that Melchizedek suddenly appeared in the Bible, and he suddenly disappeared. He presents to Abraham bread and wine, very symbolic, the body and the blood. And then, he blesses Abraham in the mighty name of Jehovah and Leon at the time of darkness, when the covenant has not been instituted. People are groping in darkness. Nobody's worshipping a Leon. And now I have brought it to you in this wonderful messianic psalm. And you see the vision regarding the greater son of David, Christ the King, the King of Righteousness, the Messiah. Matthew chapter 22, blessed people, Matthew, Matthew 22, verse 43, this is what he says. Matthew 22. 43, 45, read 2 because of time. While the Pharisees, I read for 41, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. He said to them, How is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit of the Lord, calls him Lord. For he says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet, your foot. And then, you see now, they, they are discussing the lineage of the Messiah. The lineage of the Messiah, and that is amazing. So you see now, the prophecy, the spirit of prophecy, comes upon David, and then he sees the vision of the days of his greater son. He sees the days of the Christ, the greater son of David, that would come. But it's very enigmatic, because then they ask, how? How does he now call him Lord, when this is supposed to be his son? David was essentially seeing the Messiah coming, and on the cross, the book of Psalm 72, 
15 blessed people before I release you to go back to your Sunday services. He says the following, Psalm 72, verse 17, he says, May his name endure forever. May it continue as long as the sun. All nations will be blessed through him. And they will call him blessed. Now, crowding up the eternity of the priesthood of the greater son of David. And who is Melchizedek? Who then is Melchizedek, blessed people? Because he says, Melchizedek has no father, has no mother, has no genealogy, has no beginning of days and end of days. Meaning forever. The priesthood of Melchizedek is essentially forever. That's what he talks about here. And then now we see that the priesthood of the Messiah is also forever. Who is Melchizedek? Because the Lord said by voice, He said, and you shall be priests forever. In the order of Melchizedek, God the Father said to the Messiah, He said to the Christ, and then when He came to me, with the same voice He said, and the, He said, Melchizedek's day is known as the day of light. Then who is Melchizedek? Who is this you are waiting for? Hallelujah. Mark chapter 12, verse 35. Mark 12, 35, he says the following. Up to 37, he says, While Jesus was teaching in the temple courts, he asked, How is it that teachers of the law are saying that the Christ is the son of David? David himself speaking by the Holy Spirit declared, The Lord said, My Lord, sit at my right hand, my right hand, until again. He defeats all the enemies of God down on the earth here. Are you beginning to see a parallel when Abraham comes and victory, victory is delivered to Abraham at that valley of Shaveh. The kings of the, 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 the kings of that time, they form a confederacy of evil to attack Lord. Abraham goes to fight and then the Lord comes, Melchizedek appears and says, look, that victory has been handed to you and it's a symbolic victory and that's why I now offer you bread and wine to foretell of the coming victory that will be achieved by this bread and wine. The breaking of the body on the cross and the blood that will flow. Melchizedek, both king and priest, the king of Salem, king of righteousness, and is exalted, and we know the exaltation of Melchizedek. All of us know the exaltation of that king. Because let's look at the Messiah first. The Messiah is exalted. Could it be that Melchizedek is the Messiah? In the book of Matthew, chapter 20, 21, 22, look at what he says here. He says, What is it you want? Again, Matthew 20, verses 21, 23 says, from 21 he says, What is it you want? He asked. She said, Grant me that one of these two of my sons, one may sit on your right and the other on the left in your kingdom. 
they knew he would be exalted into the glorious kingdom of God. And of course later, Christ answers her, says, look, it's not mine to determine who will sit where. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1. Hebrews 8, 1, blessed people, as you accept me to do this in the midst of your service, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1, look at what he says here. He says, again, Hebrews 8, 1, he says, the point of what we are saying is this, we do not have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, and so forth and so forth. Again, the exaltation of the Christ and his priesthood eternal, but in the order of Melchizedek. First Corinthians fifteen twenty five. So, so the vision and the voice of Jehovah Elion, this vision here, showing me the Messiah coming for the church. And the voice speaking and writing also by his hand, his right hand. When he said, Melchizedek's day is known as the day of light. It essentially confirms, that prophecy I gave you, essentially confirms and confirms that Melchizedek is really, really, principally, pre-incarnate Christ. The Christ that came, Christ Jesus that came before his incarnation at Bethlehem. This is a tremendous moment, beloved people, because you are now waiting for Melchizedek to come and take the charge. And he says, the standard, the benchmark is Melchizedek's day is known as the day of light. And he says, no father, no mother, no genealogy, no beginning, no end like the Messiah. He remains priest of Elion forever. Therefore, in concluding with you, beloved people, God the Son, the Messiah, God the Son, appeared to Abraham with the cross and the blood, symbolized by the bread and the wine. God the Father appeared to Abraham, or God the Son, God the Father sent God the Son to appear before Abraham, that he may bless the lineage through which he would later come and deliver man. And make Abraham a blessing to all the nations. Do you remember the covenant in Genesis 12? So these are the workings. These are the mechanics of the covenant. These are the legal frameworks of the covenant that was spoken in Genesis 12, 1 to 3. When he said, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing unto the nations. All nations, all peoples of you will be blessed through you. Why? Because Melchizedek is coming your way. The Christ will come through you. So God the Son essentially showed up to Abraham 
and blessed Abraham with the cross and the blood. He blessed him with the bread and wine. He's saying that Christ the Messiah appeared to Abraham as the king of righteousness. The book of Revelation 19. He appeared to him as the king of righteousness. Revelation 19. From verse 11 on. I read 11. He says, I saw heaven standing open and before me was a white horse whose rider is called faithful and true with justice he judges the next war. And when you read the preparation that he comes to prepare, in verse 7 here, verse 8 also, he says, Finally then, right and clean was given to the church. He gave the church that linen. And he says, Finest linen says for the righteousness of the church. So he appeared to, to Abraham. The Messiah appeared to Abraham to bless the lineage through which is coming. And he appears as Melchizedek, the highest priesthood that is eternal, the eternal priesthood before Elion. And he appears to him as king of righteousness. He appears to him, as we see in the book of Revelation 19, 11 and 16, he says the following, also 16, he says, on his robe, and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He appears to Abraham like that. He appears to Abraham as King of Peace, King of Salem. Salem is peace. Hey. Isaiah chapter 9. He appears to Abraham as King of Peace, blessed people. Isaiah 9, he says this. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. He says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Prince of Salem, King of Peace, King of Jerusalem, King of Salem. And he is our mediator, the mediator of the new covenant. Read the book of Hebrews. You can read the book of First Timothy 2.5. The mediator of the covenant that has delivered you from sin. But you can see that the framework, the legal framework of that redemption was laid out. When he met Abraham and he presented the cross, the bread, the blood, the wine. And he appears to him as king of Salem, king of righteousness. Amalek, Amalek, Elzedek, the king of righteousness. Prince of peace. What does that then mean to you as a church? What does that mean to you as a church? He says... He's calling upon you now to prepare for the day of Melchizedek. The day when the Messiah comes. The day of rapture. In heaven, the day of rapture is known as Melchizedek Day. Today I have given you a secret. How heaven calls the day of rapture. 
God the Father himself by voice calls that day the day of light. Melchizedek's day is known as the day of light. In heaven, it is called Melchizedek's day. That is his day. The day now he takes his victory. He takes the fruit of the cross. And he calls that day the day of light. That means he's calling upon the church to abandon sin. Anything to do with sin, because sin represents darkness. The realm of sin. The realm of wickedness. Abandon sin. He's calling upon you, the church, to abandon sin. Does somebody hear me? To abandon sin. Why? Because sin is darkness. He's calling upon you to walk away from darkness and walk into the wonderful light. Why? Because Melchizedek's day is known as the day of light. Isaiah chapter 2 verse 5. He says, Come, O house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Come, O house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Meaning, the Lord is calling upon his own people, his own, to walk in the light of God, blessed people. How awesome. Psalms 56 verse 13. It says the following, For you have delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. That is the instruction God is giving the church, his own people now. By this prophecy, Melchizedek's day is known as the day of life. Psalms 89, 13, blessed people, as I finish and wind up, I know you can't wait to begin your services, but thank you for your patience. I just wanted to inject, to administer this into your salvation, into your life stream. And it says here, Psalms 89, verse 13, it says the following. It says, again, 89, 13, look at what it says. Your arm is enduring with power. Again, your arm is endued, uh, sorry, excuse me. Your arm is endued with power. Your hand is strong. Your right hand exalted. Isaiah 9-2. Real quick. Isaiah 9-2, as I finish up now. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. And he says, the people walking in the darkness have seen the great light of the Messiah. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, light has now dawned. Oy. He's saying that now that you've received the wonderful light of the Christ, Melchizedek's light, please walk in the light. Walk away from darkness. Isaiah 50, 10 to 11, if you will. Same thing. Trumpeting the walking in the light. Isaiah 50, 10 and 11. It says the following. Again, Isaiah chapter 50, 10, 11. It says, Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? Let him walk let him who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. He's talking about the redemption that has come.
because when the redemption came, there was a mass migration. He expects a mass migration from the realm of darkness that you may now walk and live in the realm of light. And walking essentially talks about spiritual growth, meaning you're making mileage. Walking essentially means as you grow in the knowledge of the Christ, in the knowledge of Melchizedek, in the knowledge of the Redeemer, in the knowledge of the grace, that you are growing because you're walking. Walking means making mileage, making progress, walking towards the kingdom of God. He's saying that you should continually walk in the light, that you may grow in the knowledge of the light. John chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, as I finish, I know you've waited that long. Thank you for your patience, blessed people. John chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Look at what he says here about that light. He's calling you to walk into that light, in that light also. Walk in that the light may bring transparency into your lives. Many Christians today live in opaqueness and darkness. They do the deeds of darkness in the light. They do the deeds of darkness and they pretend to be Christians. That is the definition of apostasy of this day. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Yes, the devil cannot understand you. Because when he thinks at this hour you should be doing sin or doing this, he finds you are doing something else. When he looks for you in the bath, in the nightclub and the discotheques, he does not find you because you ain't there. You are not there. Why? Because you've seen the light. You are walking in the light, blessed people. John chapter 8, verse 12. Well, let's see what Melchizedek himself says. John eight twelve. He says here, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world, Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but he will have the light of life. The Lord is calling you as Christians to walk in the light. Because Melchizedek's day is known as the day of life. Why? Because he already brought the wonderful light. In the dark world, where Genesis 5-3 was happening, they were being born in the image and likeness of sin, of the fall. So light means righteousness, blessed people. He's asking you to walk in righteousness, to walk in holiness, to grow in your faith, to grow in transparency with God. Hallelujah. He's speaking to the church, blessed people. He's asking you to walk according to Ephesians chapter 5, 8 and 14. To be the children of the light, blessed people. The children of darkness has passed. Now the children of light. God is saying that Melchizedek's day is known as the day of light. So the vision and the voice of God most high and Leon speaking to the Messiah by voice and saying, you are priest of God forever in the order of Melchizedek. The same voice now when the Messiah is about to come speaking with me and saying, Melchizedek's day is known as the day of light. Same voice 
mentioning Melchizedek, the Messiah here, and coming and telling me, the Messiah is coming, and his day is the day of light. That vision and voice and writing by Jehovah and Leon, God Most High, essentially confirms that Melchizedek is the pre-incarnate Christ Jesus. In other words, he's saying that God the Son appeared to Abraham with the cross and the blood, with the bread and the wine. He appeared as King of Righteousness, as the King of Peace, the King of Jerusalem. And he has now become the mediator of the covenant, you behold. May the Lord bless you. The Messiah is coming. Toda Rabbah, Toda Lachem, Toda Elohim, Toda Hashem. Toda, toda, toda.